Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome in to the PHNX Cardinals podcast, your premier Arizona Cardinal podcast in our wrap-up show here live in Indianapolis at the site of the 2024 NFL Combine. Johnny Venerable, Bo Brock, the playmaker, Britton Golden. Today's program, which does feature one, Arizona Cardinal head coach Jonathan Gannon, is brought to you by our friends, Bo at OG's Flavoring Fridays. We love Flavoring Fridays. Absolutely. We want to get back to our great state of Arizona, get ourselves back some OG's that you can find in your local dispensary. It flavors up your Friday, just like the topics on the show, the guests on this show. As you said, JG, Trevor Sikama, the most dialed-in draft analyst out there for yes, Pro Football Focus. And, Britton, I thought we were going to be sitting here as well. I thought it was going to be even more loaded uh, than the nachos Johnny got last night. <laughs> but it's not because one Marvin Harrison Jr. no-call, no-showed to the Combine during his press availability. Yeah, very disappointing. I mean, you knew he wasn't doing any workouts and any other stuff today, but, you know, you kind of looking forward to getting to speak to him, hear what he has to say, pick his brain a little bit during his press today, and we got a no-show. It was unfortunate. We got here extra early. We did. Like big boys. And uh, we're in the front of the line uh, to, to chat with Marvin. And Jaden Daniels, former local product Sun Devil, had just wrapped up. And uh, they were switching out the name cards there. And you could feel the the air kind of get sucked out of our group. And certainly my soul crushed when they <laughs> exchanged Jaden Daniels' name tag for Drake May. And I'm like, well, Drake May's not Marvin Harrison Jr. What gives and an NFL representative, communications guy, you know, with all due respect for him, just came up and said, I don't know what's going on. Marvin's not here. He's not talking. And uh, so we waited a little bit, and we've gotten word, like, he's not going to talk today. Like, typically they reschedule. A couple guys this week had conflicts. Chris Carter seems like he's the point man, which is kind of unfortunate with Marvin right now. He just tweeted out, Marvin's met with nine teams. We know, Bo, that he's met with the Cardinals and went really well. He's met with nine teams and met – his medicals are done. He's probably just going to peace out. Yeah, I mean, it, it, that's the thing, Britton. It's like we see this. We're disappointed. Might be signs that the Arizona Cardinals could get themselves, you know, in position and hold that position strong because of Marvin Harrison content with where he is in this draft class. And, you know, I've seen it, and in, in, in you, great people, we had an exclusive diehard chat, you know, kind of discussion earlier, and some people were kind of disappointed and said red flags. And I disagree. I, I think that – this is more of he is such a unique prospect, and this is this isn't something that you're going to see every year. I don't think this is going to be a slippery slope. Uh, this is just kind of pertains to Marvin Harrison, and it's not necessarily a big giant 
red flag. It's not like the girl you went on a Tinder date with has just revealed she has 17 cats. <laughs> yeah, no. I mean, I don't think, like you said, I don't think it's a slippery slope or this would be a, a trend going forward. Like you said, Marvin Harrison is a very unique talent in the draft this year. He's arguably one of the best receivers to come out of college football in a very long time. He's kind of has that platform to kind of do what he wants, you know, and mm -hmm. it, as disappointing as it is for not being able to talk to him and not getting to see him work out, we kind of knew ahead of time he wasn't going to work out anyway, but just, just missing out on that aspect. I mean, he's He's, he's holding all the cards right now, and, and it, you want to think that in the position he's in, the cards are in a great spot to pick him up. Yeah, I just we may not hear or see from him really until he's made available and picked by some team, whether it's the Cardinals or otherwise. He's not going to Ohio State's Pro, Bo mm -hmm. pro Day. We, we don't think he's going to get him an interview, right? His dad's here, Marvin Harrison Sr., and it feels like he's his rep right now. And yeah. so it's just he's a – kind of quiet guy there, and that's okay yeah. there's nothing to negotiate right yeah these i mean as far as the way that they've constructed these these especially at the top of the draft uh deals i mean there's no offset or anything it's just like that's the deal that's what you're yeah. slotted in that's how much you're gonna get so i really know why do you want to pay an agent at least at this stage in your career like that's why you're seeing with caleb williams that's why you're seeing with marvin harrison jr um and as far as what like what does he have to gain he really just has only something to lose. And then you saw the guys that benefited from this, and I don't think it's necessarily a direct benefit from Marvin not being here, but everybody's saying today, Roma Dunze, the Washington wide receiver, A, is knocking out interviews that he's having with teams, yeah. and yeah. two, just put on a show over there where they're hosting media availability. But that's that's what you want. That's what you want to see, especially as another top prospect that was going to be overshadowed by a guy like Marvin yeah. Harrison being here, right? Now Rome, uh, all the other guys that are in neighbors, I don't I don't know if he's working out. He's not working out, is he? No, he's neighbors. not. No. But the guys that are at the top of the of the board will be the top wide receivers pick. They have an opportunity now. They're the face of the combine right now. Yeah. They're the ones under the under the microscope and they're watching them. So having a great workout right now with all 32 teams obviously in attendance. I mean, that's all it does is boost your stock. Right there. Talk to Brian Thomas Jr., Xavier Leggett, Troy Franklin. Like all these guys are going to be able to to put their stamp on. Not the first wide receiver, obviously, but are they yeah. first round picks? And who knows if push comes to shove and God forbid the Cardinals do pass on Marvin Harrison Jr. Suddenly they may enter the equation. I want to call out maybe my favorite super chat we've ever gotten. This is from Adam H. 999. Yo, I just had a baby and I'm oh, watching no, from the hospital. Okay. Shout out for my wife and PHNX coverage this whole time. Congratulations, Congratulations. Adam. Congratulations. I hope everybody is, is happy, healthy, doing well. Uh, we appreciate the the support and uh, so so thrilled for you, my Absolutely. guy. Absolutely. Hey, save the super chat money we appreciate it. we greatly yeah. appreciate it but save it for that baby uh is it true that you named it phnx that that's unbelievable i, I thought it was britain i think i oh, swear britain? I sure britain uh, maybe jg <laughs> jg i thought you were gonna say jv I no. mean, that would, that'd be rough i mean you, you are it's your show it is his show okay we don't it need but adam, adam h that's fantastic man uh hopefully you know with a lot of sleepless nights ahead and it's it's well worth it uh we can help uh help you along the way maybe provide some content as you're taking care of that little bundle of joy. We got so much content coming your way here in the coming weeks. Of course, free agency kicks off in two weeks. We've got news on our draft party and, of course, our one-on-one -on -one with Jonathan Gannon. But first, I want to tell everybody about our friends at the Arizona Lottery. It's introducing right now, I don't know if you guys knew this or not, a new ticket promotion called Arizona Adventure, which is really exciting, especially our folks back home in Arizona. There are three ways to play and win big with Arizona Adventure. So it's a lottery ticket 
featuring three Arizona landscapes. Um, Camelback Mountain is included. It's fantastic. And you can win prizes, gentlemen, up to $50,000. I, I love Arizona Lottery. I love what they do for the Valley. I love a good scratch-off. But right now, you can go and check in at Geolocated Ventures at 10 destinations across the state from Flagstaff to Yuma. If you want more information, and you, you definitely do, check them out. Visit azadventure.com for more details, or you can check them out. Enter tickets online. You have a chance to win like up to a million bucks in Arizona travel prizes. There's tons of stuff going on. Again, visit Arizona Adventure, azadventure.com for more information. Win that cash and get hooked up right now via Arizona Lottery. Yeah, I got to tell the people as well about the quickest, easiest, most exciting way to play Daily Fantasy Sports, DFS, and it's just you against the numbers. It's not you against a bunch of strangers all around the world uh, that are going to prevent you from really cashing in because instead of betting and battling thousands of players, including pros and sharks, people who spend their entire days and nights working on this, you just pick more or less than two to six players stat combo projections and watch the winnings just roll in. Yeah, football season might be in the rearview mirror, but it's draft season baby and Shane I believe there's some pretty unbelievable uh, prize picks more or less opportunities for this NFL combine that people aren't going to want to miss out on oh there's a ton um, if you bet on NFL combine props a lot of people may say seek help <laughs> I say do it because it's fun uh, and prize picks is the best place to do it because you can get more or less on many many of these great options including Quinion Mitchell's more or less. Okay. You can get Jaden Daniels more or less. What would you set Jaden Daniels 40 time at? Is he Britain, running? Britain, what would you do it? High 4-4. Four, four. I think he goes 4-4-8. Four, 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 okay, four, and right. you would take the less because his his total set at 4-5-1. Um, okay. oh. And, yeah, just com combine them all. Get some get some tasty I really loves. like that bet. Yeah. I do too. You watched <laughs> him play at ASU. He's going to get sub 4-5, right? I, I would assume so. Jaden Daniels went to ASU. John, I've, 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 I've heard you say some things this trip that's made me angry. That might, I'm going to jump over the table. Wait a minute. Oh, man. Yeah, go to prize picks. Bye. Yeah, get get up, sign up today. Prize pick offers weekly promotions. Uh, get in on all the different action that they have. Go to PrizePicks.com/phnx. Use the code phnx for your first deposit match up to a hundred dollars. So you're getting a hundred free dollars uh, if you want to start winning immediately. Build that stack over the weekend with the combine more or less. Is PrizePicks.com/phnx. Use that code phnx. Pick more, pick less. It's easy. It is easy. It's also easy. Like this video. We appreciate everybody. We've got over 250 people watching live. We know this isn't our typical showtime. We're here in Indy. We got a big thanks to our friends at CHGO for letting us take their time slot today. Get on a little bit later, a little bit more accustomed to when you guys are seeing us and, and not the, you know, the ass crack of dawn here in Indianapolis. Here's the good news. Wait no longer. Our exclusive one-on-one -on -one with Jonathan Gannon. Bo and I chatted with the Arizona Cardinal head coach about a number of topics, and you're getting it right now here on YouTube. Our coverage continues here from the 2024 NFL Combine, PHNX Cardinals, Johnny Venerable, Bo Brock, the man himself, Jonathan Gannon, Arizona Cardinal head coach. Now, JG, a lot of talent on display this week. I will tell you, I run a sub 4840 in high school, <laughs> unofficial. <laughs> Where would that put me on the cards hierarchy? I think you would have a chance to be our holder. 
Okay. Ooh. That's a good job. Maybe you don't get hit. Maybe a scat back. <laughs> you don't get hit. Okay. You don't get hit. Yeah. You're part of game-winning field goals. Yes. Right? Yes. Yep. Um, you get like carried off the field if you if you if you like hit a game. Special back. teams yeah. are important. Very yeah. important. <laughs> you want to be a scat back. Well, you know, I played running back in high school, but I'm 36 years old. What now, if so. the protection changes and you have to block the Mike linebacker? You know, I'm going to go to Paris Johnson Jr., ask for some assistance there, <laughs> see if we can work. chip together. That would work. Yeah, that yeah. would work. Yeah. That would work. You're like Will. You'd be like, hey, Will, like you're going to have to block that guy. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Which is one team, one unit. Yeah, that's right. I that's love right. putting them on the board like right away. That was great. Is that what we're doing out here? Put, put them, yeah. You just put them on the put whiteboard? Them on, put them on the board. Put them on the board. Put them on the board. I'm ready. I'm ready and prepared for this week. You guys are prepared this offseason. We talked to Monty Ford. Speaking of this mm -hmm. offseason, we can sense the atmosphere. A lot of these teams need quarterbacks. How comforting is it for you to walk through here? Yeah, you got a bunch of picks, a bunch of draft capital, cap space. Knowing that you've got your guy in Kyler Murray, that's got to be a pretty comforting feeling. Yeah, I mean, uh, deep down, that's why I feel really good about going into the offseason. Yep. Um, because I know we, uh, we're far away, um, but I love the plan, and it's very clear how to get relevant real fast. And he's obviously a part of that. Um, you know, a lot of teams are searching for that, and a lot of teams that are searching for that don't have a path to get it, truthfully. Yeah. Uh, we have our guys. So uh, I feel really good about him and, uh, our, like I said, our plan moving forward. And, uh, and like I said, I think the other day, sky's the limit. So, yeah, I think the fan base is pumped about Kyler. He goes three and five down yeah. the stretch, four and four potentially. You know, if you were, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if he just yeah. held the ball correctly, <laughs> you know, laces out, Johnny. Uh, if if uh, laces out, yeah, Johnny, that's right. you get, laces out, man. You feel the excitement right yeah. around Kyler, yeah. the coaching staff. I think we learned a lot, but then mm. now we get to see Monty cook this off. Yeah, just tell me yes. what you're excited it's, about. It's, it's awesome. I it, just you know watching him do his thing for a year and um, just continue to develop our relationship too. what's in his brain and what's in his heart, you yeah. know, and uh, we see it very similar. Um, but I just love how he approaches the process of being in the building, what him and his staff do. Um, you know, behind closed doors, then they come out, the, the work that they do with the coaches, free agency draft, how he sets it up, his process. Um, it's just very straightforward, to the point, very thought out. Keep the main thing the main thing, like, you know, and, and make good decisions, you know, and it's not a perfect science and, and people, um, you don't get it right all the time. But um, I know this, that's why I told them, I said, uh, you know, I'm a big football character person guy. Mm -hmm. You know, I want those guys in our program. Love ball guys. And love ball guys. And uh, you could join up. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> you know, our rookie class, uh, honestly, there was not one guy that didn't do the acts, you know, basically be who we want to be. Mm -hmm. And they fit right into what we're looking, how to try to build the team. So, and that's, that's hard. That, that's yeah. hard to hit on everybody. Like, you know, you know, this guy, this guy, this guy, and then you start getting in dif different spots and how that blends with the talent and the position and roster construction. It's a hard job. There's a lot going on, but man, he knocked it out of the park. So I'm, I'm excited for him to do it again. It's funny you bring up the rookie class. So we chatted with Michael Wilson. Yeah. a couple weeks ago and just like BSing about maybe playing with like a, a Marvin Harrison Jr. And like some guys might feel insecure about that and the team's going to take a top receiver and I play that position. I'll tell you what, man, I was so impressed with his answer. Just like 
potentially not only pairing with a player like that or any of these wideouts, but just like, I have a lot to learn from everybody. Yeah. I could learn from a rookie. Yeah. And I, you talk about like the egoless mindset of a guy who, by the way, had two touchdowns against the Niners this year. Yeah really finished the season on a high note. I mean, talk to me a little bit about his character. Yeah, that's what I'm kind of talking about. It's like that's, you know, just that uh, raw, uncut, unedited answer of yeah. when you ask them that. Because at his core, that's who he is. Team first, then it's me. So I don't, you know, if it's a guy that plays my position, if a guy's that plays DB, if we we get a, a new holder, like I don't care as long as he's going to assimilate and what we're doing, he's team first too, and he can help us win because that's the main thing. But like, you know, certain people say, well, I want to win, mm -hmm. but then their actions don't show you that they really want to win. Right. And that's what I'm talking about. That's part of their character and our fabric of that last rookie class they want to win yeah. you know what I mean so you know and I'm sure you know, he's ready to go like yeah. you, okay you know that's the line up and see if you are you know he's he's competitive now yeah. you know what I mean so and uh, he's going to be a huge part of what we do with offensively moving forward you guys know that yeah but um it, I didn't know that that answer came it doesn't surprise me at all because I know the guy yeah you know what I mean so that's that's uh it's pretty cool you know Mike, part of it, the rookie class, as you said, the, the culture change, the culture shock, as DJ Humphreys called mm -hmm. it. Uh, I, don't, I don't read often, so anytime I read a book, I like to tell people about it. I read The Object of the Game, Coach oh, Kyle. Coach Kyle. Yeah, your high Chuck school Kyle. coach. Yeah. 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 You know, one of the reviews was, this is a guy, regardless if your team goes 2-10, and 10-2, and two, that you want to play for. I kind of got that feeling after mm. this season. Do, do you kind of wear that as a badge of pride that you kind of have a similar as, as your coach? No, I, you know, I'm a lot. He's way more eloquent than I am um, speaking. <laughs> but <laughs> well, he, wrote um, he wrote a book. Yeah. yeah, he wrote a book, taught English for Shakespeare for uh, however many years. Um, no, I, I think that the players know um, they, they, um, decipher quickly if you care about them and and that's not saying everyone's gonna say yeah I care about the players yeah it's your actions so how do you you know how do you handle certain things how do you handle us how do you talk to us um, things like that so I feel like um, once they figure out that you care about them as people and then as players they'll do what you ask mm -hmm. you know what I mean that's what we try to do walking in here and I think you know it's like I said to somebody it's a credit to some of the vets because a lot of vets you know some some guys don't want to get on board with that and that's mm -hmm. okay you know what yeah. I mean like you can go play somewhere else that's yeah. fine and be good players but I think our vets did a really good job of hey this is what the coaching staff and the building this is what we're going to hang our hat on this is how we're going to operate this is how we're going to meet this is how we're going to practice mm -hmm. this is what is expected this is what we're going to do and they took it and ran with it yeah. you know what I mean and and once you explain the to me I'm a big why guy like hey guys like here's you guys might this might be new for you or you might not agree with this or you know what we're about to do or whatever that is but here's why and this is why I believe that and then if you do disagree come talk to me about it and we'll hash it out now and sometimes I change mm. but um, I, I do believe in explaining those guys the why behind it they get on board with that stuff man you yeah. know what I mean because they want to win so um, we're about winning that's what I say we're about winning uh, I'm trying to win with my son's eighth grade or oh eight-year-old flag football Are team. Are you the play caller? I am, yeah, offensively. Offensively. No, we do a lot Throw of... Throw it every down. No, we do a lot of misdirection. <laughs> we got seven and eight-year-olds. Uh, it's tough. <laughs> it's tough to keep them motivated outside of the Capri Suns. So yes. let me, let me yes. ask you this, because yeah. I know you got young kids and then yeah. you got a 53-man roster. Yeah. 
your team played his best football at the end of the year last year. Yes. Going into Philadelphia, getting that win, that, yeah. uh, beat four playoff teams last year. How do you keep these guys motivated over a course of a 17-game season that has its ups and downs? I mean, you played three quarterbacks yeah. last year. Yeah. Um, you know, I think just keeping the main thing the main thing. We're, we're all about, and that's, that's part of our process when we were here in April, mm-hmm. uh, when we got the first team meeting. Like, I, I do believe in, in growth, continually trying to get better and growth, right? And if you're just results driven, when you don't win a couple games, you're, you're not worried about growth. You're worried about the result. So I think that helped, honestly, because it was a tough year. I mean, it was a tough year. You know, we lost a, a, too many games. Um, but I think that we concentrated on the process of getting better. Here's tangible things that we're getting better at. I, I know it's hard for us, guys. Like, we aren't doing enough to win games. That's, that's, and it's not coach speak, that mm-hmm. one. Yeah. It is playing and coaching. You know what yeah. I mean? It's, it is, that's, a, that's a legit answer. Um, but I think that they kept on, they kept their head down, kept working to improve every day and uh they saw there was there was a kind of a the, where we started to do that a little bit and there's no doubt kyler was a part of that mm-hmm. um you know but they we were playing pretty good ball yeah. and our guys know like and 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 we would show them and we didn't do enough to win games but we were in games and it's like yeah. all right guys like this is a mistake on me this mm-hmm. is a, you know we got to do this better or that better but it's a couple plays here or there and you're it's a little bit different result yeah. you know what i mean so they knew they were there we just had to kind of get over the hump but like i said long way to go uh, a lot of work ahead of us but excited about the the journey he's lost the locker room already no, I no haven't. Listen, yeah. we beat the little Cincinnati Bengals last week. <laughs> we feel good about our prospects about this weekend. Yeah, 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 we have to tackle better in the first half. These guys don't want to pull flags right away. They have Make to sure they're wearing it. a mouthpiece. They have those. Make yeah. sure they're and they get their head out of the tackle. That's right. Make yeah. sure you're coaching that up. Absolutely. Flock to the football. You know, yeah, yeah it's yeah. it's tough, man. At the end of the For day, sure. you just want their Capri Suns and their and their snacks. <laughs> Capri after the game. Suns and mm-hmm. chocolate chip cookies. Yeah, I could do this all day. I could do this all day. You know, JJ, you talk about the process and you were big on that and sometimes even after your first win you're like sometimes the results take away from the process mm-hmm. right and and you love that and that was in place and you tweaked it throughout the season mm-hmm. what does the process look like for these players in the off season what are guys like kyler we talked to yeah. james james says he's facetiming kyler every day yeah and you gotta love to hear it, that but yeah. what are you hearing from those guys? it's it's a it's honestly each guy's a little bit different i just got a a, a video text what i'm not a tech guy mm-hmm. <laughs> but i got a video text paris is taking pass sets at the facility right now you know what i mean so it's a little bit different everybody um you know now it's march they're gonna start to ramp up a little bit but uh, i think they're excited to that's why i talk about continuity i think they're excited to get um together again uh second year in the system mm-hmm. you know and d- the things that drew talks about and the language and the coaching points of all that they could probably kind of take that over on their own they're excited about some new things we're going to implement you know what i mean yeah. um so i think they you know those guys we got good guys so they want it they're working and they're they're going to get ramped up here pretty mm-hmm. good but um their process will that's why i say whatever i said start it all over tear it all down mm-hmm. that's what i meant by it we're going to start from square one 
you know what I mean? And and here's what we're going to reintroduce everything. And here's so we're all clear. And then we're going to have new free agents, you know, new acquisition there. And you get a mix of draft guys. Mm-hmm. Like, you guys have to teach them, too. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, this is how we do things. Yeah. Like, you don't cut off your tape in the locker room and leave it there. Yeah. Like, you put it in the trash. Like, those things. Like, little yeah. little details, right? How are you going to get quarters right if you can't put your tape away and where mm-hmm. should you go? You know what I mean? <laughs> so, um, those guys will do a good job with that. But it's an exciting it's honestly for every all 32 teams um, it's an exciting time you know what I mean with the acquisition and then the work that you're doing in the offseason to improve yourself and you're you know the best thing about the jobs of players yeah so when they get back we'll be amped up ready to go uh, Bo does not think defensive tackle is oh, a wow. premium position it is it is even with a rotation like that it like, is yeah but, if you had a uh, uh, um, <laughs> uh, no it, yeah you you would structure in a way if that guy can can play really good in a run game uh-huh. really good in a pass game he might play a little more than certain guys You're dirty dog. but uh, no, that, it's a it's a, I would say this I would I would say that's a premium position because he can affect the quarterback back, right yeah he can affect the quarterback I mean it's great I we think have anyone uh, they're all premium positions to me, but yeah. anyone with their hand in the dirt, it's a big man's game. So let me ask you this. Wait, if it's all equal, hold on. If it's all equal, it's, you know, quarter. Don't, don't, but don't ask, <laughs> hold on. no, 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 hold on. Don't, don't ask, don't answer, don't ask okay. the question in a way that prefaces me to then give you the answer you want. There's a, right. there's an art to that. Okay. So just like, so I know you guys disagree on yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. Well, so, so, gi- so give me, so where's the, where's the rift? The riff is, so we do tons of mock drafts, and, uh-huh. and the Cardinals need some help on the defensive line. We've, we've talked about that yeah. at nauseum, and you guys took pass rusher last year. Only seems organic, like, let's target one of these robust defensive tackles. Uh-huh. And I'm like, I have no issue with a first-round defensive tackle. And we've argued, like, is that worth it, fifth-year option? So what do you think? I think that as far as the edge can make an impact, corner as well, and if, if you've got guys where the talent's even, I think you take a guy that's going to probably command more and take advantage of like that fifth year option. That's my only point. Like when you look at the traditional, so you guys are position, talking money now. Well, no, no, no. Like, <laughs> this, this that's was, a whole nother conversation. This is going to be my follow up because you Nick rotates like five guys on the defensive line. So your philosophy specifically with your defense and Nick's defense, mm-hmm. would you rather have that Stallworth? Of course, everybody wants an Aaron Donald kind of player. Or would you rather have five to six guys that are rock solid? And you can bank on, I'm going to get somebody every year in the draft, whether it's the first round or the mm-hmm. seventh round. I mean, Dante Stills mm-hmm. played really good ball yeah, for you. Yeah. You have rotational guys like that. Is it a priority yeah, you, to say, I have to have a franchise DT? Okay, so I'm going to take the easy way out mm-hmm. and say you want both. No. You want <laughs> that guy that does that, and then you want five, six guys that can do that. Uh, we, it, it Honestly, like... Um, you know, a, a premier defensive tackle, he would still rotate. Like, I ain't playing that guy 65 plays. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, a premier edge guy, he's not going to play 65 plays. Like, I do like to rotate them. Um, not to say that he wouldn't play a little more than other guys, yeah. but um, you can never go wrong with, with good football players, and it's on us to make it work and figure it out. But would side with Johnny. I do right, think a D-line is a premium position. You know ball. <laughs> You know ball. You do. You guys know ball. It's okay to be wrong. Sometimes. You know, like jet sweet 
to the right. We do a lot of dives too. Dives. 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 Yeah. 32 dives. That's right. 35 belly. 45. Yeah. Min okay. Minimal stuff where the mistakes can happen. Mm -hmm. Limit the mistakes. Big pocket. Mm -hmm. That's what we coach too. Yeah. That's cool. That's Coach, cool. Coach Jonathan Gann has been so generous through the time. I guess I gotta I ask you a fun that. one, right? Like okay, give me a fun one. You, Kyler, you mentioned Paris Johnson's at the facility. All you yeah. guys are around in Tempe, right? Yeah. Is Monty ever yeah. having to like close his door because somebody's coming to give him their latest input uh, on the draft? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you you gotta do one of these with Drew because he oh, has yeah. a great story about that. And I'm not going to spill the beans. Okay. He's got a great okay. story about our quarterback and that. Because I, I, no, I'm not going to okay. go on. It's, a, right. it's just you got to catch true. Gotcha. Um, yeah, they they want to know what we're doing. Right. They want to know what we're doing. Like, hey, and they also have opinions on, hey, this is, <laughs> hey, what do you think about this guy? I don't know. I didn't like that guy. What, why don't you like? Like, you know what I mean? He went, like, he had, you know, however many catches for 2,000 yards and 20-some touchdowns. You don't like yeah. the guy? Like, what's going on, bro? <laughs> you know? So, uh, no, it's, um, I, I love the conversation about back and forth they care man but uh some guys are a little more aggressive than others but with that but uh you know the i'll say about the quarterback he's a he's a ball junkie so like yeah. he's, he's watching corners right now. i'm like what are you watching corners for <laughs> like i got it i got it you know what i mean so there's been a ton of draft prospects that he has publicly or privately said <laughs> that he liked and yeah. they've all hit by yeah. the way cd lamb and creed humphreys tristan worse like yeah he's, yeah, he's pretty he solid Wirfs. he liked he paris liked last Wirfs. year too yes he did yes so, he did pretty good track yeah, record no, it's cool Free agency, though, right around the corner. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned it. Like, how do you go about that? Because it's a courting process, right? Mm -hmm. And everybody comes out and says, well, it's all about the money. But it's not sometimes. It's usually about relationships. I mean, you yeah. brought Kazir White here. Yeah. He entrusted you with his development mm -hmm. in Philadelphia. Like, for you, how, how intimate of a recruiting process yeah. can that be? Um, you know, <laughs> it, I think it helps. Yeah. I think it helps. It's not the, the tipping point. Um, I think the tipping point um, is first and foremost money. Mm -hmm. um, I would say that, and as it should be for those guys, because yeah. you might be only able to get a chance to do it once in your career. Um, but I also think another tipping point is opportunity and what they hear. They talk, players talk to players, man. Mm -hmm. So they'll ask certain players, hey, what's it like? You know what I mean? Like, you know, and um, so hopefully that's, that's uh, in our favor. Um, but uh, it's going to come down to, you know, you never know. you got a plan going into free agency. Mm -hmm. Hey, here's kind of a couple guys here, a couple guys here, a couple guys here. It, you truly don't know what the market is yeah. until the market sets itself. Guys so are getting tagged. Yeah, like, so, yeah, oh, I know. There was a guy that came off the board. I was like, man, I did a lot of work on him. Yep. Resigned. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. you know, and then I know the number went up, so that's probably going to mm -hmm. impact how things go. But um, we'll, just like we did last year, you know, with, with, you know, the two guys that come off the top of my mind that weren't here because we re-signed some of our own but Froholt and Kaiser mm -hmm. you know what I mean and those were two guys that you know I know Kaiser got nicked but Froholt started every game Kaiser yeah. would have started every game so looking to add good people first um, and good players second so um, and that's that's what we're going to do yeah. this year both those guys beloved in the locker room oh my god you helped too, my guy too. Johnny redeem himself here today by siding with redeem him. He left him. about 80% of his stake on his plate. Not night. true. After he, Not he true. chopped it up like he was 
I have been doing some intermediate fasting, and that's impacted to consume a bunch of steak. Here's what I will say. Are you going to have more mental clarity? I do, absolutely. Especially right now as I look at you. I'm going to tell you right now, that steak had a fourth round grade, and it was overdrafted. Oh, God, don't kill the steakhouse here. No, it was It was excellent. Fourth round grade? It was excellent. That doesn't sound excellent. It was a 14 ouncer. And, and I finished at least two thirds, right at there. least two thirds of that. And then these guys are, are blowing me grief. They're like, oh, you gotta finish the steak. I'm like, I'm sorry, are you paying for my steak? I'm, I pay for my steak, I can decide how much sure I want to consume. That's true. You did sure you can. take it to go? No, I did not. I mean, I, we're in our Airbnb, I don't know if you, you know, could, yeah, keeping you could that. breakfast. Yeah, maybe. I have an issue with eating late, you know, we talked about this off air, and then like trying to be active the next day. Yeah, this, it's hard. We're so out of our routine. It's hard. Yeah, we're, I, this is, this is uh, somebody would ask me, hey, what because I like to work out at a place called NIFS, National Institute of Fitness and Sport, and uh, somebody was asking me, hey, when you, what's your setup, this and that. I'm like, guys, like, you don't come to the combine to like get, like, make gains. Right. Like, <laughs> you're just like trying to like get moving a little bit you know what i mean yeah. but uh gonna hit yeah. nips and go for yeah, my go uh, my personal best <laughs> yeah uh, yeah there's a good I, don't, I can't run but i know a lot of people like to run down the the river the canal right yeah. there yeah. that's it's beautiful i lived yeah. here for three years yeah so um it's a good city i think if in your prime coming through and on the safety blitz, you probably blow up a scat back like this. I'd rather. Why even go there? I, he's, a, he's a Division One athlete. He went to Louisville. Yeah. I have a he journalism would, degree. Come on. I, I, but I probably couldn't cover him, so he got oh, me there. Thank he got God. me there. This, this, has, been the best, this has been Let's the best interview yeah. of all time. Jonathan Gannon, yeah. so generous with I his time here. The NFL awesome. Combine. We had a blast, and uh, hopefully, good vibes going into this offseason. Yeah, no you guys crush it, man. Yeah, thank Appreciate you. Appreciate the thank time, guys. And there it is, our exclusive one-on-one with head coach of the Arizona Cardinals, Jonathan Gannon. That was unbelievable. Britton, you got your first kind of real glimpse of JG out here at the uh, NFL Combine. You saw him hold court with the press and then 20-plus minutes with uh, Johnny throwing me under the bus for half (laughs) of it. But what are are your true takeaways about the Cardinals uh, head coach? No, I was, like I said earlier, I was very impressed with how he, you know, spoke at the podium, but... Being around him and getting to see him in kind of the one-on-one talk with you guys was just, it's awesome to see. It's, you get to see the side of him that you're really not going to get to see during football season. He's laid back. He's very open with it and, and talking ball, and he he enjoyed it. You know, it seemed like an interview that he liked to do. You can't help but love the guy. I mean, his yeah. his attitude, the way he carries himself, and the way he speaks, it's, 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 it's a great, he's a great guy. I think it's the complete polar opposite of how he was uh, portrayed when he got hired by the Arizona Cardinals. I mean, what they were putting on full display was what was people would perceive as goofy and disingenuous, where it's, it's all authentic. This yeah. is a guy that shows up each and every day with the enthusiasm that he's living and fulfilling his dream, and he's trying to set up uh, and, and kind of reset the foundation of the Arizona Cardinals organization. Yeah, and you talk to people around the league, and they can't speak more highly of him. Like, that's all yep. we heard last offseason, how much everybody loves this guy. And we wanted to get to know him. And it's taken us a while to, to, to put some things in place and work behind the scenes to do that. And so our goal, at the end of the day, of course, everybody wants headlines. I see some folks in the comments saying you got to press him about Marvin Harrison Jr. Listen, he's, he's just the head coach at the end of the day. Yep. And he would love to have Marvin Harrison Jr. on the team and Joe Alt and Chop Robinson, right? But at, at the end of the day, of the day our, our goal, our job is just to make him feel comfortable to have a conversation and hopefully that you know 
authenticity came through, and I think it did. Yeah, it absolutely did. No doubt about it. Uh, we'll continue to debrief the JG interview, uh, and also we've got an interview coming up with, of course, draft analyst expert Trevor Sikama. But while we're out here in Indy, uh, i got to tell you about something I'm craving, can't wait to get back to, and that's some burrows, Johnny. Can't oh, yeah. wait to get some of Arizona's most beloved Mexican food. It actually is the most beloved Mexican food in Arizona. And right now we're, we had that exclusive interview with JG. We've got an exclusive offer for PHNX listeners yeah. for 20% off their orders for the entire month of March. That means the calendar turned to March 1st today after the leap year, the extra day of uh, February, which felt too long because yeah. I wanted to get to this 20% off their orders the entire month of March. Some boroughs, of course, family-owned and operated. So here's how you're going to be able to cash in. 20% off your order up to 100 bucks when you use the code PHNX at checkout for a whole month. Available in restaurant. I love to go Dine in at some bros there yeah. on 7th Street and Camelback. Love it. Get the uh, two-taco dinner with the beans and the rice. Of course, I'm getting the marg. I'm, I'm racking up the, the charges there so I can save 20%. Truly make it worth it. drive through when you order online. Not available third-party delivery, so you can't use it on any of those apps. But you can go someburrows.com. That code PHNX. Save 20% on that delicious Mexican cuisine at some boroughs. It's been great to be here in Indianapolis at the NFL Combine, but as we alluded to in the video with JG, like I think we're all out of our routine, and my routine consists of consistent trips to Circle K, frankly. I mean, I, I'm part of the inner circle. You should be, too. You can save money every time you go. Now, if you're a new member of the inner circle, guess what? 25 cents per gallon on, on your first five fill-ups. Like, gas is super cheap right now, especially at Circle K anyway. Then you're going to get an addition additional 25 cents knocked off that and then permanently you're going to get three cents per gallon every single time you're always saving plus you're going to get every six free selection on things like pizza coffee ice cold fountain drinks and more they have a robust selection of original snacks and goodies right at circle k that you can pop in and uh, devour if you so choose i can't wait to get back with my inner circle cronies. I know you're part of the inner circle. <laughs> right. Michael Wilson, who we attested to in the video, he's part of the inner circle. You should be to download the Circle K app today. Terms and conditions apply at participating locations. Visit CircleK.com for more details or visit CircleK.com slash store dash locator to find a Circle K nearest to you. Unbelievable stuff. Unbelievable stuff. So uh, big takeaways from the interview. Any Anything stand out to you guys as far as yeah, I think I. this is somebody that wants to caution everybody's, not excitement, but it, emphasizing we have a long way to go. But I think he meant that in the, the grand scope of this offseason. I, I don't think he meant that we have a long way to go as a franchise. I think they are very confident, privately and publicly, of the, the gains, so to speak, they're going to be able to make on this roster. They have almost $70 million of cap space at their disposal after a couple maneuvers and then double-digit draft picks on what I believe, what everybody here believes, is one of the best drafts of the last decade. So we're in a position right now, Jonathan Gannon believes, to make wholesale changes to this roster. But it's not a perfect science. I love the piece. I love the bite about good people first, good player second. Because, frankly, and we've harped on this show time and time again how many times have, have the cardinals during the steve kime era at, at times during the rod graves era it was like great player does he love football 
I don't know. Probably not. I mean, Britton, you saw those guys, unfortunately, firsthand. Yeah, I mean, and there's 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 guys in this locker room, right? That you get to the business side. You've been in this league for long enough. You know, you start to lose the love for the game. But like I said, it comes down. This, you get paid big money to play this this child, this children's game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. So at the end of the day, if you can play the game and you can get paid for it, you know, it's more as a, a job for some of these guys once you lose that love. But I mean, biggest takeaway from. JG's interview with you guys was just, uh, you alluded to it, just his genuine, the way he came in through, the way he talked about it, how much he loves the game of football yeah. and how he approaches every day. Like you said, like it's his dream. Obviously, I'm sure it was his dream to be a head coach in the NFL. It is just, you you can't say enough about how he talks about it, how he thinks, you know, how everything about him just like beams when he gets to talk about football and he gets to talk about his guys too, you know, and I, I think that's great to have in a head coach. It's a guy that you want to play for, that mm-hmm. you want to grind for and, and succeed for. Well, I think you could see why the buy-in happened immediately or close to immediately. Yeah. I mean, and yeah. you saw it happen kind of from the guys who were there for OTAs to the rookie mini camp guys to, to finishing up, you know, mandatory mini camp to when, you know, the full team gets there at training camp. Yeah. And guys like Buda Baker, who had been away from the team and, and dealing with his, you know, off the field stuff as far as, you know, reported trade requests. Yeah. And then as soon as JG really got them in the building, he bought in, Everything right? Everything changed. DJ Humphreys bought in and, and they saw, you know, this, this huge shift and that there, there's this guy that, that's putting a plan in place for them to be successful. And, and you know, we talk about JG's enthusiasm. It, it, it bleeds down to the players. And yeah. now they're enthusiastic about, enthusiastic about coming to work, getting better day to day. And then hopefully that parlays in because they're not naive to this. Nobody is when you're in the NFL. It's going to come down to the results. I know he doesn't, like, try to, you know, push up the results. But it's all about the process, and everything will figure itself out. But it it will turn into success. Well, and you saw at the end of the year when they played their best football, and he alluded to that, beating Pittsburgh, beating Philadelphia, uh, outplaying Seattle, frankly, in the finale. And if it wasn't for two Prater missed field goals, they win that game. They go 500 since K-1's return. Like, how many times we've we seen this franchise under prior regimes just completely fall by the wayside in the later months of the season when buttoned-up franchises have their act together, have a philosophy and a process that leads itself to winning December and January. The Cardinals, frankly, have never been that team unless you're talking about Bruce Arians, Carson Palmer, Britton, your era, and then a flash-in-the-pan era with, with Kurt Warner and Larry Fitzgerald. Like, that's it. They're trying to build a sustainable winner, and that takes time. That takes wholesale changes. But what it also does is when you implement the right pieces and the right players in place, you don't have these embarrassing November, December losing streaks a la Cliff Kingsbury. You're not overly reliant on just talent. Like he was real in that interview. He said, hey, free agents are going to go where the money goes. We got to make sure that we vet these people first a la a Yelda Froholt because you're white. They're, they're the icing and the cake at the same time. And so that's how this team's going to be built. Yeah. So it's it's not going to be Marvin Harrison Jr. joins the team and everything's fixed. Everything's ready to rock and roll. It's a gradual process. But, man, oh, man, I don't know how you can't be fired up, especially when you see so many instances last year, and he alluded to this, of it kind of coming together. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, you can't build a dynasty in a season. Right. You know, I mean, you can have a flash, like you said, you can have a flash in the pan season where you have one year where you just go crazy, maybe make it to a Super Bowl, however it goes, and then the next season you go 4-12. and 12, That doesn't, right. you know, that that's not the culture that J.G. and Monty are trying to build in that, in, in that building. They're trying to get to where you sustain, where you're a winning football team every single year. 
You know, and, and I think that's where they're trying to get to. And that's what's so great about the NFL. And, and you know, outside of New England Patriots and now the Kansas City Chiefs, everybody feels like they have a chance, right? Because it's a cap league, and if you go through and you rebuild right, uh, you know, you can have that su- success and you can build it steadily. And, and, s- and sometimes, you know, you take a massive jump, and you're right in the thick of things, and you're like, man, this window is going to be open forever. But that's not the case, yeah. and it will shut. But if you have the right processes in place – and then you also have the talent evaluators that can figure out the guys that love ball but also are good football players yeah. and good people, and you can marry all that together, you know, you're going to be you know, consistently more successful because when you do draft, develop guys, and you're not going to be able to keep everybody. Like, heavy is the crown. When you become successful, people want your players, right? And you can't, you can't pay everybody. It's going to be nice to keep them under and production falls off. But if you can kind of get into that system where it's just a well-oiled machine, I think that they get the two guys as far as their brain trust and Monty and Jonathan Gannon, that you're always going to have the culture and you're going to have the processes in place to be successful, give yourself a chance to be. I just I don't know how you take away anything other than likable and, and knows football and the intricacies of, of how to build a winner. And it may not be perfect. And who knows, it may not work out in the end. But listening to prior head coaches of this organization and then watching – Jonathan Gannon articulate what he and Austin Ford and everybody else are planning to do. I mean, it's just, it's philosophical speak. It's not coaches speak. He's not speaking in generalities. As he mentioned, there's the why to it. And and coaches speak to that to their players. So fired up about that. Fired up about Trevor Sikama also joining the program. We talked, Bo, a number of different options, including what's the deal with Marvin Harrison Jr. skipping his media availability. Check that out. And as we conclude our coverage here from the 2024 NFL Combine, we are joined by the multi-talented Trevor Sikama, pro football focus, NFL draft insider, and uh, a little bit shell-shocked earlier today. No Marvin Harrison Jr., really all week. He opted not to do any on-field work, of course, no interviews publicly with the media. He has met with the Cardinals, and uh, supposedly he's going to do his physical. But what do you make of this process or I guess lack thereof from MHJ, uh, do you feel like he feels like he's in a position to just say, I- I'm going to let my tape speak for itself? Yeah, we've never really seen this before where someone just completely opted out of everything, right? I mean, you go to Caleb Williams as well. Caleb Williams says, no, I'm not doing the medical. And you can't make a guy do a medical test, but I just I don't feel like this has ever been done before. And he was at his podium and he said, well, I'll do medical exams for all of the teams that I'll visit with my top 30 visits. But again, it kind of puts things in his control and for as much as I love these events this is so much fun for me to you know get to see these guys talk to these guys watch them work out all of that there's no doubt about it that when they come to these events it is another test and it could be something that they fail and if their if their tape is so good if their hype is so high then there is a case to say well hold on here this is an element of this process that I might not be able to control as much as I want to. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's kind of like uh, the LeBron slam dunk contest conversation where yeah. you go, well, LeBron should do the slam dunk contest because he's great, but people already think that he's one of the greatest dunkers of all time. So yeah. why would he go prove that if the only place that he has to go is down? So Marvin Harrison might be kind of in that same line where he says, I'm already wide receiver right. one. Why would I go and potentially for whatever reason, put any doubt into that and i think that uh he's just taking that to a next level by saying well no i'm not going to do 
anything actually. Yeah. So is it kind of a testament, especially in the in the top five? It feels like with this this draft where it could just go chalk, right? Where you know it's any combination of three quarterbacks, Marvin, and maybe I don't know, we'll sprinkle in a Joel. But is it just kind of out of the ordinary deep in the top five, or is this just something that we're going to see going forward, where we're going to see several guys opt out of the major kind of workouts here? I don't. I, I really don't know how much this is going to become a trend because. You know, I was having this conversation the other day with somebody, and they kind of linked it to opting out of bowl games, right? Yeah. I mean, Christian McCaffrey was kind of that first one yeah. where he opts out of the bowl game, and people go, all right, I guess it makes sense for McCaffrey, but I, I can't imagine it catching fire. Well, now it has. Now anybody who is a notable NFL draft name at all whatsoever is not playing in a bowl game. So I wonder if that is where we go. We are going. For the combine, I do think it's a little bit different. But some parts of the conversation are the same. So you would have to be a very, very highly touted player to convince yourself that I don't have to do anything in Indianapolis. And look, even for Marvin Harrison Jr., I've heard this week that there are teams who have Malik Neighbors as wide receiver one in this mm. class. So even for him saying, I'm the wide receiver one, I'm not going to do anything to hurt that, that's not even true for, I think, every team. So it's just, it is, it is interesting that he is going all the way to say, I, now, granted, I don't really mind. I know you guys do because it would be great content for you to get yeah, to Marvin Harrison Jr. Came here. Yeah. Right. We booked our right. flights and, and stayed. And so I hate that for y'all. And obviously, selfishly, like, I'd love to get to talk to him even for 10 minutes at a public podium. You know, like, I would selfishly love to see what he ran mm -hmm. because if he's going to be a wide receiver one at the NFL level for the next 10 years, yeah. I'd love to have that data and say, look at the athlete that you kind of have to be to this right. position. So selfishly, I'd love to see all of it. But... Yeah. I get it from his perspective. Sure. You don't think this at all impacts his draft stock in terms of teams maybe being turned off by it. Now, he, he is meeting with teams privately. Yeah. We have it sourced. His meeting with the Cardinals very well. Super impressed with them. They've done their homework over the course of the season, and that's what it's about. I guess just public perception is a different thing. And at the end of the day, it's like, okay, he's court. I mean, say what you want about Caleb Williams. He's up there giving responses and, right. and giving genuine thought and answers and I think my only pushback is on-field workouts, absolutely. Doesn't want to do his pro day, absolutely. But just to come and chat with people, I I, I don't know. I, th I think that's rubbing people the wrong way. I think that certainly the public loves that part of it. Right. Um, obviously, the media loves that part of it. Like I said, selfishly, I would love to hear from him. I would love to just, you know, like hear how he answers questions. It's such a major part of the scouting report that this is the only real peer into who they are as human beings right, that, absolutely. We, that we yeah. get in, in our kind of media evaluation. And I, he's basically saying, you know, to hell with it, right? right. I mean, like, right. I'm going to talk to the teams, and that's really all that matters. And um, I, I don't know if there's going to be a negative ripple effect. Yeah, I, There's a lot of different opinions of guys in the NFL and, and, and decision makers and how they kind of come to conclusions. And so I wouldn't say that there is no backlash mm -hmm. and I, but I do, I, I do wonder just how big it is. I wonder how much teams really care that he's just not meeting with the media. If this was Caleb Williams, it would be a much bigger story. I think so because, because of the quarterback, because you have to be a face of the franchise, right? right? You know, right. like if, if Caleb was coming here, he's like, I'm not going to do medicals. I'm not going to talk in front of the media. I'm not working out. That is a little different. Now, not throwing here, like mm -hmm. not testing. Like you guys said, it kind of is what it is. A lot of these guys will wait for pro day anyways. But when you are a face of the franchise type of position and player that you're going to take number one overall, he's going to have to do this a lot. You know, right. he was he was even at the podium and he said, you guys don't normally hear from me a lot. Like, I don't like this. Like, I, I don't like to come out and, and do a lot of talking. But no matter where he gets drafted, he will have to do that. So I agree with you completely. 
it's different for quarterback. It's it's very I'm just the only thing that I have to say is I'm very interested to see how this plays out with Marvin yeah. Harrison Jr. <laughs> right. with him not being a quarterback having the option to do this kind of, no, I'm not going to speak to the media. And I just, I wonder what we're going to hear in the next couple of days out of here. Like, our team's really turned off by it. Do they not really care? Uh, that's what we'll see over the next And at the so. end of the day, it might not matter. Your your colleague over at PFF, Brad Spielberger, gave us a great conspiracy theory where he believes, you know, maybe he's got a handshake agreement or lack maybe not even that far, but knows he's going a certain place. And kind of a lot the NBA prospects do they don't work out for him they don't talk to the teams ahead of them and he just knows he's potentially going to the Arizona Cardinals like we're upset that he's not here but if it gets him to Phoenix if he gets him to the Valley Absolutely. <laughs> this is all for the best it's for the better good yeah I don't know I see I don't this is an interesting theory and Brad has some <laughs> yeah, no, that's good I like that but you know if, if you're him you, you would want to meet with the Patriots, right? At least that's well, right did. in front of you. Yeah, okay. he did. So, yeah. so he did in that part. So maybe that is, is maybe that's something that could be a reality as well, where yeah, like you said, yeah, you have these handshakes behind the scenes where it's like, cause, cause even Caleb Williams, when he was up there at his podium session, when he was talking about not doing the medicals for all 32 teams, he was basically saying the Deion Sanders thing where he's like, Oh, you're picking way too low to draft me. Like, right. I, I don't have to do medicals for you. Right. right. Like, like he doesn't and Vegas think, would understand, like say it's the Raiders. The right. Raiders are probably like, yeah, we're not within. Yeah. yeah and you team. know, like, I don't know, like any team that's picking, you know, back into the first round or something. There's like, why, why would I put myself through your doctors and your medical exams? You're not going to draft me. So, Maybe this is a little bit more of a trend where players are having a little bit more power during this process. Yeah, selfishly, I, I hope that's not the case. But, of course, the players do what's best for them. And I do think Marvin is an anomaly because of the talent that he is. But mm -hmm. I also remember, like, once upon a time, Julio Jones coming to the combine and doing everything, right? Yeah. I mean, his freakish once upon a time testing performance. Yeah, I would love to, that's to such be a able... back-in-my-day thing. It back is. In my day, it these is. players did everything. They worked out. <laughs> it's, yeah. They walked. They, they played in the bowl game. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> All right. We'll pivot off of Marvin, at least temporarily. Uh, let's talk a little Joel, because we know interview with the Cardinals went really well. They like him a lot. But then we talk to people here, and either publicly or privately from other teams, it's just like they're kind of lukewarm on him. Like, we've heard Mike McGlinchey. We've heard Nate Soldier comparisons. Like, is is Joe Alt a reach at number four if they opted to do that in your opinion? I don't think so. I think that I I think Joe Alt's a fantastic offensive tackle prospect. I think we're bored of him at this point. I think that's, that's what's also and, happening. You know, and it's like you get you look at this guy and <clears throat> excuse me, how productive that he has been for Notre Dame and how he got on the field very very young and he's been he's been exclusively the left tackle for this team and um I just there's not a lot of holes in his game, yeah. right? I mean, like, is he this, like, crazy Teron Armstead type of freak athlete? No. I mean, like, are there players who are maybe a little bit more powerful than him? Sure. But the floor is so high for him as an offensive tackle. I feel like he's very technically sound. I feel like there's not really any assignments that are going to give him nightmares at the next level. Is he going to lose? Sure, sometimes. But it's just that experience, that usefulness, and, and the, the high floor of what he could bring to an offensive tackle spot. I mean, especially for a spot like Arizona, like you guys are kind of referencing, you get Paris Johnson Jr. on one side and Joe Alt on the other. I mean, that that is absolutely one of the best young offensive tackle yeah. combos in the league and something that you're hoping that you can plan on for yeah. five years. Right. You know, And anything above five years, I think, in the NFL is kind of just an if-you're-lucky thing because this league changes all the time. But you set yourself up for dominance in the trenches like that, mm -hmm. and I'm always a fan of those kinds of moves. So at four... You know, maybe I, I kind of look at it at number four, and it's 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 less about 
for specifically and more of like, do you consider this guy within this range? Because what Austin Ford showed last year is I think they would have taken Paris at three. Agreed. Right. 100%. And they move all the way back to 12, which is well outside of where I think Paris's range would have been. Yep. And then they weren't afraid to do what they needed to do to go back yeah. and get him within his range. So for me, like the conversation isn't, I know you kind of have to talk about number four because it's like if, if push came to shove, would you take him at four? But if you're comfortable with him in that next tier of prospects outside of maybe the elite, like, okay, Marvin is option one. Right. What's plan B? Right. You know, is it is it is it a handful of these players? And I think Joe Alt will be in that category. So I think they'd be happy with him there. But I also think it's an opportunity where, again, he has – he has a chance to wheel and deal a little bit to maybe yeah. get up and down and still come away. It, it doesn't galvanize a fan base like Marv would. Like, it's a meat and potatoes thing. To be able to set and forget, though, your tackle position, as yeah. you said, for a half decade, right? that's pretty unbelievable, right? Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, you know, in Alt, maybe, like, at this point of the, the draft season, it's prospect fatigue, like, kind of as, as you went over. I think it is. But then you start to see, like, it thaws out. Once they start working out and last night we saw some pretty impressive defensive players get out there yes. from Dallas Turner to Byron Murphy, the second uh, Fisky who, who showed up on, I think a lot of people's radar, like who impressed you the most? Yeah. I mean, I, I definitely think that Dallas Turner, it, it starts with him. I mean, this guy was a 90th percentile athlete and basically all the, the drills that you would want him to be the 40 yard dash, the 10 yard split, uh, the broad jump, the vertical jump. But then on top of that, he shows up a little smaller in height. He was just under six foot three, which I think around 20th percentile yeah. for edge rushers. However, massive wingspan, 89th percentile wingspan. So this guy's 20th wow. percentile height, 89th percentile wingspan. He's he's like almost six three. And I think he had a, six nine six ten wingspan so that's exactly what you want as an edge rusher and you see that in his game too he bases a lot of his pass rush profile after that long arm move and then yeah. once they kind of start to go okay i gotta adjust for this then he goes to different stuff i asked him earlier this week about kind of his weight journey at alabama he said that he actually showed up to alabama at 260 but he's like it was a covid 260 like, okay you know, i've been eating you know yeah. i've been inside like, and i got eating. right now after right five right. days here <laughs> yeah <laughs> exactly long draft season for all of us kilroy's so, on me right so <laughs> he said he was 260 when he actually got on the playing field as a freshman he was 240 yeah. sophomore year played 245 this past year he played 255 he said i'm most comfortable at 245 so it'll probably be between that 245 250 range and um that caliber athlete that he was yesterday i think shows up all around his tape so he's really impressed me uh Brayden you see monty austin fort's reaction to his 40 Oh, was that Monty? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. they showed somebody's reaction to him, and I was like, I don't know who that is. I got to, you know. He was well, doing they, like the Shaq shimmy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then people ran with it like, oh, they just showed their hand. They're going to take Dallas Turner at four. four. And yeah. it's just like, come on. No, you know, just no, be no. excited that yeah, a guy ran well. Game. That's right. Yeah, he's just a guy who loves ball. So, I, look, I, Braden Fist was great as well. Um, he had incredible testing numbers, led the interior defensive lineman and basically all of the uh, major categories, broad jump, vertical jump, 40-yard dash. Byron Murphy was right behind him, and I just – like if Braden Fish didn't test, Byron Murphy, we'd be talking about him today. Yeah. It's like, yeah. oh, my God, look what he did at almost 300 pounds. But Fisk was just a little bit better in every single category. Yeah. So we're talking about those two guys, and uh, and they had fantastic days too. Oh, the other – Peyton Wilson, baby. NC State linebacker. We don't talk about off-ball linebackers <laughs> on this show. Sorry. We don't right. do that. You're right. There, there was a two-year stretch there he's, where he's people L, are. He's LB1 for me. And so I was just, when I saw it, I, when I saw the 444, I was like, let's go, baby. I had I had a little awesome moment myself. So. We will root for him yeah. from afar. From afar. Time, time will heal those wounds. For another team. For Cardinals fans yeah. after they went back-to-back off-ball linebackers. Simmons and Zayvon Collins back-to-back. I should have known my audience better. You're good. I shouldn't have brought that up. You're good. Is this a historic receiver 
offensive line class in in your opinion like based on ones you've scouted you've got people Trevor that are saying you know double digit receivers could go on the top 40 picks I've seen off offensive linemen upwards of 12 to 15 go in the top 40. I to me it's like this tackle group and I know you know Joe Alt is the apple of the Cardinals eye potentially if, if MHJ mm -hmm. isn't an option but like Olu Fashnu, Waga who could pivot and jump Alu Fashnu, mm -hmm. and then you've got all the interior linemen I saw a mock draft JC Latham going in the top 10 mm -hmm. I just I think it speaks to the depth from both of these classes yeah time will tell whether it's historic or not but right. I, but I would just say that this class has a lot of players that give you hope right mm -hmm. that you can look at and really feel good about investing in it doesn't mean that they're perfect it doesn't mean that they're going to work out for sure but there are so many offensive linemen that you go man we can work with that. There are potential starter traits from these players. Yeah. So, yeah, I agree with you. I think that we could get double-digit wide receivers in the top 50. I think that uh, there's 12, 13 offensive linemen that could all go in the top 50 as well. It's just it, it's such a alluring group that if you have a trench need or a pass-catching need at all whatsoever, it's, it's, it's easily tempting to put them in mock drafts to these certain teams. So yeah, it, it's, I've been having this conversation all week long where you go through these draft plans with some of these like teams and, and different outlets that I'm talking to. And they're often like, well, normally you gotta, you gotta take this position in the first round. You're not going to get them or, yeah. you know, it, it's yeah. like, yes. Winning in football starts up front. And if you have a major trench need offensive or defensive, I would tell you, you should emphasize that the most in the first round because the guys that hit often come from the first round. But we are in a unique situation where if you do take a Marvin Harrison Jr. at number four, back into the first round, there could still be an offensive lineman that could become a starter for you and available. Well, let me ask you this. Who, who do you think, in your opinion, is it better to go OT six or seven or to grab maybe potentially best or second best interior offensive lineman like is Jackson Powers Johnson at 27 pretty good value or would you rather look at maybe the offensive tackle from BYU man normally I I, I would almost always lean go tack the go the trench player first and then get the wide receiver later even in a draft class that I think is really really solid but in this case, I think I would go Marvin Harrison Jr. at four, and then I'd opt for whatever. And it doesn't it doesn't necessarily have to be a 27 either because they've got some extra firepower. Yeah, so they're like, 35 too. Right. If, if they've got a couple of offensive linemen that are kind of moving down the board around 20, 21, 22, mm -hmm. all of a sudden you start picking up the phone, and you're like, hey, we got some yeah. extra ammo. Let's go yeah. get this guy. Yeah. So that's why I think that um, I would rather go get – because. Malik Neighbors, Romo Dunze, Marvin Harrison Jr., they're not getting out of the top 10. No. So I like the wide receivers after that, but it's not that same type of big impact. I like Brian Thomas Jr. I like Troy Franklin. I like A.D. Mitchell. I like Ladd McConkey. And yeah. those are good football players. But you got a chance to, especially with the luxury of taking Paris Johnson Jr. last year, yes. you give yourself a chance to have some flexibility, right, left tackle kind of a feel. If you want to move him back to the left tackle, I feel like there's a lot of right tackles, Amarius Mims, J.C. Latham, Tyler Guyton, you know, guys like that who have already played right tackle who might be easy plug-and-play guys that you could get somewhere in the 20s, and it might only take a little bit of extra draft capital to move up to go get one of those Yeah, guys. you know, when Kyler Murray returned, I mean, the team goes 3-5, and five, they're a top-10 offense while he's under center in the shotgun. It feels like if they do go playmaker early or any combination and, and they get the tackle and, and a playmaker, I mean, that offense is set, right? But now you got to start to work on that defense. And when you look at this defense, and you talked about a couple of the guys that worked out already, but how do you see this cornerback 
group playing out? Like, who's your CB1 and who could be somebody like we talked to Cooper DeGene yesterday, Quinion Mitchell. Very impressive. How do you see that? It's, it's such a strong group. I mean, I feel bad ranking these guys sometimes okay. because we always have like linear rankings and people go like, how do you have him CB4? And it's like, well, hold on. Like I got him as a top 15 player still. <laughs> yeah. Like on the overall big board, he just happens to be fourth in the order. So right now, the way that I have it set, you know, I've, today's huge. Obviously a lot of really big testing for, uh, for corners because being an athlete is absolutely a prerequisite to play that position at the NFL level. But right now I have it. Cooper DeGene is my CB1. I have Nate Wiggins from Clemson as my CB2. I got Quinion Mitchell from uh, from Toledo as CB3. Terion Arnold as CB4. Kool-Aid McKintree as CB5. So that's how yeah. I have the five li- who, list right now. Who do you ha- who have you talked to? Who has the best like mental makeup? Because as you mentioned, that that position's so tough, and you're gonna have to like have a short short memory. Man, I, I really do. You know, it's funny. He's my CB4, but I really enjoyed standing next to Terion Arnold's podium and just like listening to him yeah. talk. And I've had the chance to kind of hear him speak a little bit, whether it was at Alabama's podiums, like interviews that I've caught on, on YouTube or whatever throughout the season. And he just feels like a very genuine dude. Like he just understands that this position comes with a lot of failure, a lot of yeah. success, and you've got to stay even keeled through it all. You've got to believe that you are a competitor through it all. And that's also a in a paramount part of playing the position is whether you just got a pick six interception or whether you just gave up a 50 yard touchdown the next time you walk on the on the field so for the next play you have to believe you're the best player on the field like you have to believe you're the baddest dude in that stadium yeah that's just what comes with playing corner and i terry on arnold every single time i've heard him speak i'm like man i i believe that you have that mentality in you so he is somebody who i've really enjoy listening to he said yesterday at his podium that him and uh fellow quarterback Alabama quarterback Jalen Milrow used to have a Kobe Bryant competition every morning for who could get to the facility earlier wow and so it was like around 5 a.m every single morning he said he was a big goals guy so he'd sit down he's write his goals for the day kind of get to work but he also said he's like Jalen would some days get there at like 3 30 a.m and he's like wow, hey whoa. man like I need sleep. So right. <laughs> like, yeah. I need that like extra hour and a half. Or I'm not gonna be able to function, but uh, I did like that. You, you won that award, Johnny, this week. I did. Yeah. And then today I didn't win that award. <laughs> uh, no Kobe award. No, for Kobe it. no, award. no. We, we took care of business yesterday. And then today we got here about, I mean, Bo and Shane got here about an hour and a half early for Marvin. I was shortly behind. And then we all know what happened after the fact, but I want to ask you this. Cause we've talked about it off air. Jaden Daniels, you're a fan, maybe not the biggest fan compared to other people. Yeah. But now there's this hype train around J.J. McCarthy. Are you of the mindset four quarterbacks in the top 10 is very likely at this point? I think it's I think it's possible. I don't know. Very likely. I, I'd, I'd be much more confident if you put that number to top 13 because okay. then you throw in teams like the Minnesota Vikings, the Denver Broncos, and the, the Las Vegas Raiders that are picking 11, 12, and 13. So <laughs> if you said, are we getting four quarterbacks in the top 13? I'm going to tell you yes. Okay. Because I think that that's the way that it's going to go. We're going to get three that go in the top five. I think J.J. is trending upwards towards that direction. I think one of those teams that doesn't hit on Kirk Cousins or yeah. whatever happens with Russell Wilson. I don't know mm-hmm. if he's even available before the draft. I don't know what that timeline is going to look like because, you know, whether or not Denver moves on from him, like how quickly then is the post-June release? Like, are, are yeah. we actually getting movement here? Is he actually going to get signed before right. the draft? So I, I have no idea how that's going to play out. But there are more teams that need quarterback changes than there are valuable quarterbacks available in yeah. free agency. So there, that's why I think we are going to get J.J. McCarthy in the top 13. I think we get five quarterbacks overall in the first round. I think Nick somehow finds his way into the first round, and those are the top five. You know, you're, you were right about Fisk, and you were right about Peyton Wilson, guys who have been under the radar and probably became uh, – people became more aware of them 
who are some names that people should look out for the rest of the week here in Indy that are going to pop that maybe aren't getting as much run early in draft season? So, yeah, I mean, like, I'll go with a, a wide receiver that, that I really like is Jermaine Burton from Alabama. Okay. I don't think enough people are talking about him. I, I turned on his tape and I was like, okay, this is a, like, second-round wide receiver and mm-hmm. no one is talking about him at all. So I'm very curious to see what he tests. And he's a feisty, competitive player. So um, I think that he has the chance to test pretty pretty well. Um, I think Roman Wilson's going to test very well as well, the wide receiver from Michigan. Yeah. Yep. Um, not sure if that's too much of a surprise anymore after the year that Michigan had. I'll say another one. Uh, I can't remember if I mentioned him on this show last time I was on with you guys, but Max Melton's the corner from Rutgers. Yeah. Okay. He is one of my guys. I really liked him coming into the season. Kind of struggled a little bit, but it, you know, it's kind of nature, nature of the position. It's very up and down. He struggled a little bit this past year, but I thought he did really well with the Senior Bowl, especially when they put him in the slot. He's somebody who's got outside experience, but I think he's got a slot skill set as well. He could be an all-around corner. Um, he is somebody who I feel like could be a versatile player pick even for the Cardinals uh, to be an inside out type of a guy. I've been told that he's going to test pretty well. So I'm really looking forward to that too. Are we standing in the way of completing the gauntlet for you where you get to go home now after four consecutive (laughs) events when you talk about this guy's been to the Shrine Bowl, he's been to the Senior Bowl, the Super Bowl, and now the 2024 NFL Combine. Yes, this that this was the 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 true gauntlet of uh, <laughs> of media of media. There's Let's no just do 30 it. more minutes with Trevor. It, no, we well, would never it, do that. To it, him. In about 30 seconds, when I get off off of this, I got to go to a different table. Gotcha. So it's not you know from here to a plane. But uh, no, it's always good to be with you guys. These are always I, I always enjoy our chats, whether it is in Vegas, whether it is at the Combine, whatever yeah. it is. So I appreciate. I, it. I say this with all due respect because I don't want to in any way make Marvin Harrison Jr. mad, but. A guy who actually comes and shows up to talk. Oh, All right, wow. don't do that to me. Wow, wow, <laughs> don't do that to me. Don't do that to me. But I appreciate you. Trevor Sycamore. What do we got? What's coming out immediately after the combine? I'm sure you got something dropping on PFF uh, next week. Yeah. So actually, this week we okay. had the first version of the PFF 2024 NFL Draft Guide drop. Awesome. Nice, it's got nice. 150 prospects in it. It's Congrats got on that. The scouting. Thank awesome. you. It's got. Dude, I have an incredible team that's worked so hard to bring that thing to life, and I'm so so proud of them. Um, we've got scouting analysis trait breakdowns, strength and weaknesses, a lot of great PFF data, yeah, heat maps for quarterbacks, you know, like stable metrics are in there. When the combine is over, we'll put those bad boys in there. We'll have a couple more uh, iterations of that draft guide as the season goes on. So if you got a PFF subscription, all that is available for you. You can go check it out on PFF. Awesome. The best Trevor Sikama pro football focus. Check them out. We are back here at the 2024 NFL Combine, Damon Dog. Let's get some audio, my guy. Here we go. 2024 NFL Combine. Thank you so much to my guy, Trevor Sikama, Pro Football Focus, dishing on all things NFL draft. I think it's interesting. Uh, there seems to be, Bo, in Britain, significant momentum as it relates to four quarterbacks in the top 10. We've got a future podcast coming out, Diana Rossini talking about all that. But mm-hmm. what stood out to you from our guy, Trev? I think that there's some momentum finally for this defensive class, right? And you mentioned it like, or and Trevor might have said this off air as we were prep or about to turn on the mics yeah. that you know he, he, some of these guys like Chop Robinson who had a really rock solid open or, or just combine for himself last night was somebody that scouts already knew about, yeah, and everybody else is catching up. 
and that we'll see, you know, mock drafts reflect that. But the league's already had their opinion on Chop Robinson. They know what he's about. Um, and, and then you see this, like, it's going to be interesting to see how the rest of the league kind of deciphers this cornerback class. But it, it is going to continue to be chalk, in my opinion, as far as, you know, how this, this draft is going to go. It's going to be dictated by the quarterbacks. And then the beneficiaries are the non-quarterback needy teams, which, you know, I'd say, you know, that's just – under half the, the leagues, the teams in the league. So, and, and the Cardinals, fortunately, are, are one of those teams that have a quarterback that, that they can move forward with. So they're just going to be able to kind of pick up uh, and get some players that are very talented. It's a deep draft, and and take advantage of that. Well, Britton Gannon told us himself, like, good amount of teams don't have a quarterback and don't have a path to one. Yeah. I mean, it just that's a twofold because at least if you're the Chicago Bears or the Commanders or even the Patriots, you can sit. And this is what the Patriots are figuring out now. It's just like, like what if we're picking ten or eleven next year and the quarterback class is not very good? Yeah. Like you got to strike where the iron's hot. And some of these other middling franchises, it's just like have fun with you know consistent mediocrity, if not worse. No, and agreed. And you know, Gannon alluded to it. In the interview, when he's talking about you know how comfortable it is now, knowing that you have your franchise quarterback, yeah. you don't have to go into the season, the off season, wondering what's going to happen, who are we going to get, who are we going to start. He's he's solid in that, and there's a lot of teams, like you said, that are, do not have that luxury right now, so they're pressing. And you know, the, outside of the top three picks, they know that they're probably going quarterback, it, the top two for sure. So, but like you said, you've got to find a way to get a guy in there that you know can control your offense and can take you places, right? Because like you said, next next year's draft is not a quarterback-heavy draft. No. So if you choose to trade and get picks for next season and don't address the quarterback position, you're just putting yourself in a bigger hole. I, I don't know if it's if it's prospect exhaustion or whatever, like we mentioned in the interview with Trevor, but as far as like the wide receiver class, when, when I heard like a sleeper and at a wide receiver spot, it's like I feel confident no matter who the Cardinals draft at that position in this draft that they're going to be – it's going to boost their current group, right? Yeah. Uh, I really, really like that class. Same thing goes for the tackles. So what I really want to learn from here on out is about how they can rebuild this defense. I really do. I just think that that's going to be the most important part of this, Britain. Like I think that that's where they really can can make some headway as far as this rebuild continues. Now, like you said, there's a deep receiver class. There's mm-hmm. a deep tackle class. Really, no matter who you pick at number four receiver-wise or offensive line-wise, essentially is going to be somebody that's going to be a, a game changer. So, I mean, using these third-round picks and, you know, in the fourth-round picks and whatever picks you have, I think that's where you have to go in and try to find the developmental defensive guys that you can, one, get a couple guys that can come in and play right away. Mm-hmm. Two, there's another couple that you can develop throughout the season that can jump in on the rotation, especially D-line-wise. But And also in free agency, try to find ways to bolster that defense and get back on that on the level. Got to bolster the defense. Got to bolster the show with some Super Chats. Damon Dog, if you would be so kind, let's crank out these Super Chats here from a robust show. We have a – our first one is from MBMD 150 Canadian. Oh, nice. Uh, and I think it was just a Super Some loonies sticker. and toonies in there? Yeah. 
Yeah, man. for sure. Love that. Thank you so much, my guy. <laughs> Our guy Joel with a 499 Super Chat. Did you guys hear Diana Rossini's comments on the Athletic Football Podcast about QBs going one through four? Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's going to be something we discuss. I just, at the end of the day, what's the package the, the Cardinals could get? It would have to be worth it more so to move off of MHJ. And then to couple that, if you're not moving back far enough – you know, you got to secure yourself, Joe Alt, in the process. Like, we, we feel pretty good about their, you know, um, desire to secure Marvin. And if that's not the case, go get a Joe Alt. So you can't go f- too far down. But there's still a lot to be deciphered here in the next two months, Damon. Shane, for, I think he's from Ireland here because uh, he calls us lads and we got $5 uh, in euros or five euros, I guess I should say. But nice. thanks for all the content, lads. Top work. As for MHJ, I couldn't care less if he doesn't talk. Talk on the field in September. Up the Shanes. Shanes, uh, he's one of our newest diehards. Yeah, thank uh, one you, of the Shane. many diehards that joined us this week uh, with our coverage at the Combine, but it doesn't stop there. Uh, glad to have Shane, obviously, in the chat and in the diehard chat going forward. Love that. Then we have uh, one from Brian, $5, and he said uh, that you guys had a great interview. No, thanks so much, Brian. <laughs> Brian, friend of the program. I appreciate that. Such a, such a sweetheart, that Brian. Uh, we got Diego. Was that all of it? Yeah. 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 Sure. We're not going to share his whole thing. Do you keep want me to P- actually read it? You keep it PG. Here. He paid $5 for that. Okay. Well, JG well. said, Johnny, you can be a holder of these nuts. <laughs> <laughs> you, you I can't wait to, <laughs> to slip both tires. Knowing exactly why he did that. I, this is, oh, is going to be $5. Uh, come on. $5 well spent. <laughs> nice little subtle jab. I there. better get all five of those dollars. <laughs> Diego Damn. Perez, yeah. $2. Did Johnny get a bathroom selfie with JG? No, he has a private bathroom, we've discovered. So, no, no public restroom for John and Gannon. No, that's not true at all. <laughs> yeah, how'd you discover it? Yeah, I'm just. We did We're do best some friends now. We did do some following this this uh, this combine, but not not in the restroom. Okay, it's a safe restroom here. Pick and spread. Super chat 199. Did y'all see Mike Florio take another shot at AZ? Just we did see. We did see that, take, dude. Absolute clown take. This guy double, tripling, quadrupling down on his hatred for this organization, and basically saying that Marvin Harrison Jr. should force his way out potentially of being drafted by the Arizona Cardinals because of the F minus that Michael Bidwell received in the uh, team report cards. Now, obviously it's brutal and it it presses the owner, but you also have to take in consideration that Michael Bidwell has been receptive to this team making proper upgrades. Um, And and they, they went from 31st to 27th and they have to continue to chop away at that. But, to, to put the Cardinals in a category to where one of the top prospects in the league should just say thanks but no thanks, I mean, that's that's dangerous on Florio's behalf to kind of try to create that native narrative. That's It's absolutely disgusting. It is. It, it's, it's hard. It, like, I, I don't know. Has he done that against anybody else? Like, there's been more brutal franchise. Did he go against Washington when he was under Dan Snyder this hard? I'd, I have no idea. I mean, if you're going to go after somebody, that would have been the one to go yeah. after at the time. But I, the like you said, the 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 grade and the F, they're working on it. Yeah, you know, they're they're making strides to get it fixed, and they have to. And and it is an indictment on Bidwell right now. It's hey, yeah. this could start happening down the line. Guys could start saying, yeah. I don't want to go there because I don't want to play in mediocre facilities. But to say that about a draft pick right now, he's not going to do that. 
based off facility, especially with, you know, it is only word of mouth right now that he, things are getting, you know, he's working on stuff. But here's why it's brutal, right? Because that grade is based solely on the ownership, what's perceived of his willingness to make upgrades to the facility and the facility alone. Yeah. Now, that's a big indictment. But he has been open. He has made changes. The the lock the the gym floor is upgraded. The gym has been upgraded. They're upgrading the locker room. They've stopped the nonsense with the lunch. And he's going to sit there and he's going to say he should force his way out. And you got the Kansas City Chiefs who have an F minus as well, as yeah. far as that goes. These yeah. grades these grades are one of the best things the NFLPA right. has ever done. Who would want to play a, for the Chiefs? It's an accountability. Right. Piece. Why? Why would you want to play for a three-time Super Bowl winning? By the way, like the Chargers. <laughs> no way does he bring up Gannon. Nothing about Austin Ford. Nothing about the the Kyler Murray coming well, back. He went straight to the ownership. That's about the F minus on the uh, on the team report card. That's you based on tell. one piece of criteria. In the clip, too, Phil Stinks, Sims um, or Chris Sims pushes him. Yeah. And he's like, "What are you talking about?" Yeah. It's like it was just—it was just completely befuddled. Thankfully, Chris Sims, friend of the program here, has the half of the common sense on that show. But yeah, at the end of the day, like it doesn't—it doesn't make a damn bit of difference. Like Caleb Williams is going to be Chicago Bear, and if the Cardinals make Marvin Harrison Jr. the fourth overall pick, he's going to go to their franchise. So the Chargers at fi- at five had like the worst uh, cafeteria yeah. grades possible. You're, so okay, you don't go to the Cardinals, you're going to go to the Chargers, and then they have their own issues. Like it, it, this is. This is all cyclical. It's it's ridiculous. But, yes, we did see them. Diego Perez with a $5 super chat. His second super chat said, Johnny tried to sword fight every player that went to the bathroom to see how much Jesus. grit they have. <laughs> Listen, this is a family show. I don't know what's going on here with these super chats. Are you, you're, you're big in fencing. That's what I meant. I, get, I guess, yeah. yeah. I watched a lot of Game of Thrones. On guard. Yeah. Can I say something sad? I took that as actual sword fighting uh, at first. I was okay. like, yeah. Right over the head. Sad. Maybe you didn't have to say that. You're adorable, Damon. Yeah, I'm just this an innocent This is PG guy. for a reason. We have PG producer. Wholesome Damon. Yeah. Uh, last, last super chat we got here from Googsy, uh, 6.99 Canadian. And he says, there's rumors of QBs going one through four. No chance cards trade out of the chance to get MHJ right. And also, we have another super chat. I, I, I w- <laughs> no chance. I We're going to start doing a deep dive here on, like, Joe Alt because they – they like Joel a lot. We know that. We've sourced it. Joel had a really good visit with them. So did Marvin. But I think the Humphreys situation threw a grenade into this, maybe even more so than we anticipated. I don't think you should make this pick based on that, though. And I also think there, there are going to be good options at 27 and 35. I would still say that they're going to take Marvin at four when the dust settles. But I think at this point, did I expect – this uncertainty, assuming the Patriots don't take him at this point, I, I did not expect the uncertainty. I, I think you can appreciate that the uh, that there's a prospect that's that's pushing for it, right? I think that's more of a good problem to have, Britain. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, that there's somebody at a premium position at the tackle spot that they're like, hey, we just can't. turn the tape off like we can't turn the tape off we like we've seen they continue to do their due diligence as we said the the calendar just switched to march still got a long way to go just under two months to go and they're gonna have their top 30 visits and they're gonna they're gonna know everything they need to know at this point to into april 25th when they make the selection who their guy is gonna be and by then you should trust what their decision is yeah Let's get to this next super chat if we could, Damon Dog. Another one here from Pick and Spreads, 199. Lil Birdie told me AZ likes Latu, my personal edge one. Johnny? I think, listen, Latu, 
I have some issues with, first of all, he's got some injury concerns. And he was I medically also, retired after his time in Washington. Was it neck? Was this a, Johnny, Johnny doesn't like that he wants to be a firefighter. I, I, I have fine. Like how many, he's talking about being a firefighter at his press conference. And I, it's like tongue-in-cheek, but it, let's just talk about football. I don't want to talk about football. I don't want to talk about your other career. Football guy. I don't want to talk about your other career. If I'm going to use a first-round pick on you, I don't want to I don't, go up there and it's just like, I, football's my life. Yeah. I could be wrong, but didn't he get asked what he would do if he wasn't a football player? And so he just if he did, If he does, I feel bad about that. But That's a bad question. People people ran with him being a fireman, and there was, there was a player named Danny Boyle that was a fireman, also played for the Eagles, and he was a huge bust as a guard. He was also, like, in his mid-20s. He was way too old. If Latu's there at 27 and they love him, hell yeah, you take yeah, him. I don't think there's any but it, but, but that, he, he's in he's in this gray area with Byron Murphy. The, the, these are great prospects that would look great on the Cardinals, but the four and 27 are, are not close together. So, and then now we got last one here from Deuce five dollars. I have a feeling there may be a MHJ character issue. I'm wondering how the fan base will handle it. I'd go Joe Alt slash any D lineman if we don't get MHJ. Go Bojo Britt. I don't think there's a... I think he has a similar personality to maybe Kyler Murray in the fact that he's an introvert, but he plays receiver. Mm -hmm. He's not the quarterback where you have to be an elite communicator. And again, I think Kyler Murray's done a phenomenal job growing as a a professional. Marvin Harrison Jr. can be quiet and have 1,500 yards and be an ass kicker on the field. Like Britton, like that's, that's, it's, it sucks now because we wanted bites for the show and we wanted to ask him about Kyler Murray and Larry Fitzgerald and all that good stuff. And we're not going to get that, at least now today. And I'm up in my feels about it, Britton. I mean, it's one thing if you're, you know, missing practices and you're not showing up for meetings at the facility. Like, yes, it hurts because. You know, in the media, we wanted to, like you said, we wanted to hear what he had to say. We wanted to kind of pick his brain with some questions, and we didn't get that. But what he did today had nothing to do with football. The character issue, there's no character issue. He, him not speaking to the media does not mean he doesn't have the love for the game yeah. of football. So I, I don't I don't think there's a Let me ask you this. If, if those people, who asked the question, I apologize. I uh, think it was Deuce. Deuce, do you trust what Paris Johnson Jr. thinks? Because if you do... He will vouch for Marvin Harrison yeah. Jr., his character, his work ethic, obviously the on-field stuff. If he's good enough for PJJ, he's good enough for me. Um, this is this is a ever-changing draft process that if you've locked yourself in a certain spot, you, you reach a certain level, uh, you're going to be able to start kind of taking – uh, a, a couple different steps than we've seen before. Uh, I don't like this step. My good friend Blake Bloodworth is in the chat, and he says, "Which organization cafeteria offers 14 ounce steaks?" <laughs> I, I'm taking, I'm taking strays from our our fan base here, Pitchnecks Cardinals, and my buddies. I guess it's yeah. just open oh, season here man. on the show. But in all seriousness, you guys have been fantastic. We have some big news to break, by yes, the way. We absolutely do. Uh, so everybody's been asking, draft party. When's it happening? It's happening April 25th at four o'clock. Where is it happening? We're Returning to our stomping grounds from this fall, Gila River Resorts and Casinos, your premier Arizona casino, is joining with their premier Arizona Cardinal <laughs> podcast for the first round of the 2024 NFL Draft. Now, you do have to be 21 years and up to attend. The draft party is going to be the place to be April 25th at 4 p.m. Gentlemen, we're going to be there covering the entirety of the first round. There's going to be food. There's going to be entertainment. There's going to be giveaways. It's going to kick off our robust elite draft coverage that goes through all weekend. Book it now. It's the place to be. I believe we're probably going to have 
multiple giveaways, signed stuff. They do a tremendous job. You can see there in our graphic a ton of stuff. Our friend Jessica holding up signed Kyler Murray jerseys, James Conner stuff. Special guests abound. You do not, Bo, want to miss this. No, you don't. It's going to be an unbelievable first round of the NFL draft. Cardinals, two picks and could just be some a franchise centerpiece going forward at fourth overall. You're going to want to be there to celebrate with all of us. Uh, cannot wait for that day. Can't now get here soon enough. Uh, but after a long week, man, uh, it, I love blowing each other's shit all, all day on this podcast. I love the chat. Uh, but I got to give props to my co-host this week. Knocked it out of the park. Unbelievable job. Got that JG interview set up for us. Nobody's out working Johnny Venerable. He's top cards guy in this market. Oh, I don't know about that. Good character guy. Good I'm privileged guy. to work with this guy. Horrible at finishing his, his oh, plate, his food. But can I just say one thing about that? No, I don't eat... said one thing every time. Okay. <laughs> Alright, fair enough. Uh, I echo those sentiments to yeah. these guys right here. Bo Brock, the best co-host a guy uh, could ask for on this podcast. Uh, we wouldn't do this show if we didn't enjoy doing it. Absolutely. Uh, and we're very fortunate to be surrounded by the best people. That includes our phenomenal, phenomenal co-host, Britton Golden, who we were very lucky to be able to bring on on board during last season and this off season and on this trip. You wouldn't believe when we walk around Indianapolis how many people come up to this guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we're, at, we're at, like, outings in our little booth, and Britton's sitting with us, and we get former players. We get current coaches. They, they're infatuated with BG. Yeah. Love, love Britton Golden. You all voice uh, your love for Britton Golden in the chat every time he joins us on this show. And then the guys behind the scenes. Absolutely. Great to have Shane Diefenbach back in the fold. Yes. Just creating all the great content that you're seeing going up on our YouTube social media channels. It all looks unbelievable. That teaser for the Jonathan Gannon uh, uh, interview was unreal. Yeah. And then all the everything that went on in that interview. Shane Diefenbach back here with us at PHNX after a, a, a sabbatical of sorts, you know, just taking some time traveling. <laughs> he was in a Winnebago. Yeah. And then our guy Damon. Damon Dog continues to uh, just up his game. He's been unreal during this pre-draft process from the Senior Bowl to this radio row at Super Bowl to now uh, here in, Mo- at uh, where the hell are we? Indianapolis. It all blurs at together. The, at, the, at the NFL <laughs> Combine. Damon Dog, fantastic work, man. And then, of course, everybody in the chat. We also want to thank all the new diehards that came on this week week. If you haven't checked it out, go phnx.com. Become a diehard today. The party doesn't stop. The Discord is hopping. We got exclusive content. We just did an exclusive Q&A in the diehard. And uh, we're two weeks away from NFL free agency. You do not want to miss that. Plus, Immediately following this broadcast, you will be able to watch the Jonathan Gannon interview in its entirety as a singular video, living, breathing on our YouTube page, PHNX Sports here. Go check that out. Plus, we've got some behind-the-scenes footage of Jonathan Gannon, maybe a little bit of Drew Petzing mixed in that we're going to supplement, we're going to bring on board here in the coming days. We've got upcoming vlogs coming from Indianapolis, day three, day four, Everything is housed in one place. Your premier Arizona Cardinal podcast here at PHNX Cardinals, PHNX Sports. Big thanks to everybody here. One more it, super chat. One more super chat. Yeah, okay. He got one in last minute. Okay. $5. And he says, awesome job as always. Amazing interview with JG. I'll keep an eye out. Next time you're in Indy, guys, love to meet you guys. He's from Indianapolis. Let's do it. Okay. Let's do it. Set it up, Tay. Set it up on this podcast. Like and subscribe. Leave us a five star. We're back on Monday. Peace.